Hi, my name is Chipochelo Perry. I am what you would call a people person, people enthusiast, or people connoisseur, if that's even a thing. Normally, I'm disguised as an HR and talent expert in my day job. For a long time, I have wanted some kind of platform to discuss the things that really light us up, to listen to people's stories and also share mine. Particularly, I have wanted to discuss gifts and talents, that individual secret sauce that has led to someone's success in whatever business or career they have tried to pursue. For some reason, deep inside me, I have always believed everyone has an innate gift, something that makes them special. It can be the most ordinary, mundane thing or something absolutely extraordinary, but somehow it's there just for you. A gift to yourself and to humanity that somehow clears the way of making life with all its ups and downs worth fully experiencing. So join me on the Talent Whisperer podcast as my guests and I have conversations about their gifts and talents, their journey of fully accepting their strengths and how that has led to them living what most would consider a meaningful life. Please hit that subscribe button so you get a notification every time we have a new episode. Thank you. Cheers. Welcome back to the Talent Whisperer. It's your host, Chipo Chedu. And today I have... <laughs> I'm already laughing. Big smile. I know. Me. Today I have Kamota Mayondi Mazombwe as my guest. Kamota is a chartered accountant. She is a writer. She's a business development lead and a yoga instructor. So when God was giving out gifts, Kamota kept coming back to the line. <laughs> I was selfish. I kept coming back to the line and kept being handed out gifts because Sis is talented. Thank you. She has written for international publications, worked for various local and international organizations. She's currently the business development lead at one of the big four audit firms. And she's also the founder of Yondi Wellness, where she's the lead yoga instructor. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, so welcome to, um, I want to say welcome to my favorite Chakra Han, as I like to call her, Kamota. <laughs> so Kamota, welcome to the Talent Whisperer podcast. Thank you. Thank I'm you really, so much. I'm really, really excited to have you. I'm excited to be here and thank you for that really nice introduction. I feel like, oh, that's me. Go, girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's facts. It's facts. Facts on facts. It's facts, facts on facts. on facts. Yep. Okay. So, um... Here on this podcast, we like to just go a little bit back to mm -hmm. try and understand the person. Okay. So I'm going to take you a bit back to young Cam. <laughs> you know, I like to call you Cam, Killer Cam. Yes. Yes. Back to young Cam. Mm -hmm. um, what were you like as a kid? Uh, what did you get praised for? Mm -hmm. What did you like to do? Okay. And then also, what did you get in trouble for? Okay. All right. So taking it all back, and that's really interesting. Lately, I've really been thinking about like my childhood and when I was younger. And I love looking back because it really does um, give you a bigger picture or help you understand who the person is, how mm -hmm. you are, the way that you are. So when I was younger... I got praised for my creativity. Mm. So at school, I was, my teacher would always be like, oh, that's a really good, like, handwriting. My handwriting was very neat. Um, that has since left me with the quickness. <laughs> so I was really praised for my handwriting. Mm -hmm. I was praised for my creativity. I did really well in, like, my creative writing. Mm -hmm. I did really well in art. I would enjoy painting. I really enjoyed, like, writing stories. And my parents are the type of people who keep everything. So I have my under-five card. I have my oh. grade three books, grade five. I have 
invoices and receipts of school fees. Like my parents keep everything. Wow. And in one of my books from I think grade three, there's a comment. I wrote a story and my teacher said, this is very good, Kamota. Read it to the class. So I definitely got praised for um, storytelling, creativity, and being like, oh, that's a, like handwriting, really good. You know, and they would put a star yeah. um, if you do really good. So that was what I was praised for. So um, for you, it showed up early. I think it really did yeah. show up early. So I was praised for that. At home, I would say I was praised for good grades. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a requirement, which I think is a requirement in a lot of the of the homes we grow up yeah. in. It's like, you know, yeah, you know? Yeah, and yeah. all of our parents were number one. one. All of our parents yeah. were number one, you know. <laughs> so I did get praised at home for bringing um, good grades. Mm -hmm. I definitely was that type of a child. And then um, what did I, you said, what did I get in trouble for? What did you get in trouble for? So this is interesting about what I got in trouble for. I am a bit of a goody two shoes. Mm. So <laughs> I never got in trouble at school. It was very rare for me to get in trouble at school, especially mm. like in the school setting. But at home, I would get in trouble for the following things. <laughs> so, There's a list. It's not a long list, but I would get in trouble for these things. Yeah. My mouth. So I I was, and I think maybe with age you tone down and you learn appropriateness, mm. you know. But I was the child who, if something isn't right, I'll be like, ah, mommy, but daddy, like, you know. Yeah. And my dad would be like, you're even talking back. <laughs> and I remember my dad would be like, the cheek of this girl, this girl the has cheek. cheek. Why my cheek? Hey, why my cheek? <laughs> so, I think I'm a cheeky for me. That yeah, got me in yeah. trouble. Like I so, definitely. You stayed consistent. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think there was like a cheek that, yeah. like, and my dad did not appreciate it at yeah. all. Um, not to throw my mom under the bus, but I think I know where I got it from. <laughs> so there was like a trouble I'd get for, like you know, the way I would answer or the yeah, I'm a penalty. So that, and also I was a child who was easily grossed out. And mm. I think I remained quite icky about things. Um, I remember like struggling. I'd be the type where like, if I'm sent to get a mop, I'll come holding it like, like this. this. And not that the mop was dead. I'll just be like, Ew. you know, like, Ew. <laughs> or there's a time I remember my mom told me, oh God, I was gagging the whole time. That's so, a fish. And my mom was like, hey, will you, will you, find you know, I was, you know, like this is food. You can't be there like, <laughs> you can't be thinking. <laughs> so that was those were the things I got in trouble for. So being a bit too uh, about things and also I'm a cheek. Mm. So, you know, yeah. you know, it's so interesting because like I I remember you during COVID, mm -hmm. and you were like, you know, you probably had sanitizer before COVID. Way before. Yeah, <laughs> Way a bit before. of a bit of a germaphobe, and COVID just like. <laughs> took you to the next level. It so took me there. you've also stayed consistent in your <laughs> Yeah. So that is like really how it's been for me. Those were the things I got praised for yeah. and the things I got in trouble for. Did I answer the one other question? Did I miss anything? Um, I don't know okay, anymore. Right. I think we've, we've, <laughs> we've covered, yeah, we've covered that. Yeah, so that was it, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. then like, so let's go to high school now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you're in high school. At this point, you probably already... Do you still have your creative streak from primary school? Mm -hmm. um, how does that show up in high school? Okay. And when you think about, you know, you're getting closer to grade 11, grade 12, mm -hmm. there's that pressure. Why did they used to call it society? Mo society. Yeah, society. society. So like yes. you now have the pressure of society, uh -huh. you know? 
Um, what were you thinking about? What were you mm. thinking you were going to do after school? What were you hopeful for? What were you hoping to study? Mm. Yeah. So were you still creative? And then what were okay. you thinking about so, for after school? Um, certain aspects of my creativity died a little bit um, the older that I got. Mm. Um, like as a child, I spent a lot of my time in my head a little bit. I um, mean, like, I think it's a creative thing. I remember I would make like little comics and stories. So mm -hmm. I've been writing stories from as long as time. I remember my dad would go to um, the farm and um, he would go with little books. Like I had a Sobi book and I would create these little stories yeah. and I would give the, the, the characters names. I even remember there was someone called Gontinent. I don't know. Gontinent. Gontinent. That was a character's so name. name. So the creativity when I was younger was very mm, rampant. I was mm. creating stories and all that stuff. Then the older I got, um, it pivoted slightly. So in high school, I remember in my English lessons, I would write like four of my friend's stories. Like, cause the teacher will put a thing on the board. This mm -hmm. is the direction. Mm -hmm. And I would be there like, oh, let me write Aisha's story. Let mm -hmm. me write Fatima's story. Mm -hmm. Let me write Tamara's story. Mm -hmm. So I had like so many ideas and concepts for the one story. So creativity continued for me in secondary school in the storytelling direction. Um, school plays, I created the plays and we would like, I'd be like, okay, this is your role. That's mm -hmm. your role. So. It was there, but the artistic side died slightly. Um, mm -hmm. I went to an Islamic school, and so it was also very restricted in terms mm -hmm. of how far we could push the artistic boundaries. And not that I'm um, shading that. It's, it's the, it was the system and it's yeah. the beliefs, and so you existed in that environment. So there was only so much we could do in art. Some things were not allowed to draw. So mm. that frustrated me as a creative person because I felt confined. I want to do this, but the syllabus doesn't allow us to do this. We yeah. can only stay within these Parameters you had to color within, within the, lines. the lines. Yeah. So that artistic side of me completely went down, and then the more storytelling and writing continued. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my teacher of English encouraged me to submit. Oh, you um, said that right, <laughs> teacher of English. <laughs> teacher, look at you. <laughs> well, my mother is a teacher of English, so I better get you it. You better right. get that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my teacher of English said, "You know what, Kamota, you write really well. You should submit articles to the school newsletter." So every term. I would do that. There were speech writing competitions. Mm. I would do that. I would participate and I would get like ranked pretty highly. So that was the avenue that I channeled my creativity. Then when it came to a career, mm. I for the longest time did not know what I wanted to be when I grow up. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, snap. You know, when you're younger, I remember when I was younger, there was that pressure to say just the impressive thing, right? Yeah, doctor, like, you know, like lawyer. Funny, I've never lied about wanting to be a doctor. People would have died, like if I ever <laughs> pursued that. Like, mm -mm. I have never wanted to You'd be have a been doctor. Like, Ew. Yeah, I have never wanted to be a doctor. But I remember um, at a point wanting to be a lawyer, and um, I did happen to pursue accounting. And my mother tells me when I was young, I went to my mom and told her I want to do the accounts. <laughs> and that is so funny that young me wanted to do the accounts, but mm. older me never wanted to do the accounts. Mm. So, the accounts. The, and that was it, the accounts. And I think when I was younger, the reason I wanted to do the accounts is yeah. in my circle of influence or people in my life, yeah. that one uncle who was like, we, um, my late uncle Don, he was very successful and mm. he was an accountant. So I was just like, eh. This is yes. where it's at. You know, you the go accounts. to their house, yes. have my chocolate, have my apple, 
they travel. Yeah, so for me, yeah. I was like, what does this man do? I was like, how about to do the accounts? The accounts. So clearly, always been a liker of things. Yes, yes. So for <laughs> you, it was like so to have the, the apples and the, the chocolates. The accounts. The accounts. So that was mm. younger me, but then. Fast forward very many years later, I was so confused about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, grades came out. Um, I, the school I went to, we finished a little bit early. So you yeah. finished in grade 11 and all that stuff. So the grades come out and I just did okay. And so for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And the grades I had were okay, but I wasn't sure I'd get into like CBU or the University of Zambia, yeah. right? So there was also that aspect of, uh, where can my grades get me? But mm. I did shoot a shot. I applied to it, CBU it, yeah. and the University yeah. of Zambia. I can't even remember what school I applied to CBU. I think I, I applied to the business school. Mm. Um, business school, I don't know if it's changed or it's still only at CBU. Mm-hmm. I applied to the business school. I can't even remember what I applied for at the University of Zambia. But I remember doing this because my parents said, Amari, this is what yeah, we are this doing. This is the next we step. Are applying yes, we apply to the university. Yeah. But not a single plan. To the two universities to at the, the two time. universities, yeah. right? And so um, I also remember that my grades, I was disappointed in my grades. Mm. So generally, I'm like a very, I'm a very smart person. Yeah. And being smart is sometimes a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. So for my whole academic life, I've never really studied, to be honest. I got like a couple of Bs. There was no A, much to my annoyance. Yeah. And like, you know, lots of Bs here and there. And that was me on minimal effort. And I'm not boasting or anything. Of course, anything. you could always wing I could, it. I could yeah. wing it. Yeah. I could wing it and still like get by. Mm. And it, I, I never pushed myself academically. I just yeah. did enough. Yeah. And I also realized that I always did stuff I excelled at, right? Mm-hmm. So um, now comes a time the universities do the selection. CBU, Yunza, I'm not on any list. Oh, and wow. I'm just like, hey, this yeah. is what my dad was saying. No, hey, what do I do? Yeah. You know, I was just like, hey, will I be the family failure? <laughs> like, that's just what came down. That must me. have like, been hard. It was really hard for me. So I was just like, mm. And I come from a family that really weighs highly. A lot of the families we have, yeah. they weigh highly on academics, you know, get academics, right? Then get into UNSA or get CBU. A, yes. Yeah. Not, it was, at the time. These days, there's options. But that broad. time... So for me, I'm like, I'm not here. Yeah. I'm not there. What will I be? Who am I'm I? <laughs> I'm just like... So I just thought it was either this yeah. or that. Yeah. And I had put a list down of careers I had wanted. And against accounting, I even wrote, hell no. <laughs> I had put hell no. Wow. And then I'm just like, mm, next best thing. And then mm. there's also that pressure. Yeah, in society, one year has passed, your friends are starting Society's, to go into yeah. institutions. Yeah. And then you're just like, mm, I'll just be at home, you know? I'll just mm. be that person who's still at home. So I looked around, I was like, what's the next best thing, right? Mm. What? There was a lot of ego involved, even if I was young. I was like, what's the next best thing? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, there's accounting and ACCA is really rated yeah, in the yeah. market. At the time, it was, right? it was and, hot. And, yeah. um, and with ACCA, like the requirements, it wasn't as competitive as, for example, getting into the universities here because yeah. there's only, there were like really two main yeah. institutions. Yeah. Everyone is trying to get in. Mm-hmm. So with this other thing, it was like, oh, if you have good enough grades, you can pay to go into the college. Mm. You can manage to pay yourself subscription fees to mm-hmm. to the body, you go that route. So that is the direction that I took, really because I felt I have no choice. I yeah. haven't been accepted at A or B. I have to make mm-hmm. C. This thing will be C and, and it it's has the, to. And it's, it's the career that has some... Um, 
dignity. Some dignity, yes. right? Some yes. dignity. Yes, so that like is that. how I went boom into the world of accounting. After writing Hell No. <laughs> After writing yeah. Hell No. Yeah. That is how I landed myself on that path. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so because I, I know you, I've known you and your family like for a long time, mm-hmm. I think I knew you even before we were friends. Mm-hmm. I know like that journey of becoming an accountant wasn't the easiest for you. True. So um, I remember celebrating you uh, finally becoming a chartered uh, accountant. We were <laughs> so happy. Uh, yeah. Um, but then you start your career as an accountant. <laughs> yep. Um, and then you eventually pivot. Very much. We, we, we are not surprised in hindsight, <laughs> but like now that we know what you were like as a uh-huh. kid as well. But then, um, what were the what were the best parts? What do you think that the start of that that rough start mm-hmm. of getting your qualification, mm-hmm. then working an, as an accountant? So mm-hmm. before you pivoted, mm-hmm. what was the best parts about you know being a chartered accountant? Okay. All right, cool. So I'm a firm believer that life really just works out in your favor somehow. Like you said, it wasn't easy for me, right? So uh, first of all, something that accounting showed me is really I had done a lot of things I am good at. And now when I got into this space, it really challenged me. You can coast high school. You can't coast college. Mm. I remember doing really well the first year. So you couldn't wing it. Then the second year, (laughs) I failed like everything but one. And I'm Mm. like, that was my first time experiencing failure. I had never failed. Was that ACCA too? Yes. That's the one that used to show people flames. It fumbled me in the shots. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ha! Ah. And I had, n- I knew failure big, and I, I don't recommend knowing failure big mm. because I was devastated. I was like, me, I failed. Like, mm. I'm like, what do you mean? And you go online, and the internet wasn't as accessible as it is mm. now. So you, you go out to an internet, internet cafe, cafe, and then mm. you're there, shattered, just looking at the screen, and it's showing you that you've just passed one, you know? And mm. I'm like, what? And for me, there was also the very true financial aspect. My yeah. family can't afford for me to fail. Yeah. And you're paying um, your exam fees in pounds. Mm. And I was like, I've failed? What do you mean? So for me, it was very hard. And it forced me to be like, you can't, the Kamota who was just going by yeah. GCSE, who was just coasting through mm-hmm. grade nine exams, being mm-hmm. the highest um, girl in her class and mm-hmm. stuff like that. This is not the same. Without trying. Without trying yeah. very hard. This is not the same. So that taught me how to study. But I learned quite late. Mm-hmm. I learned how to study and... Um, there was just this humbling factor mm. of failing, right? Mm. So I think the benefit of the studying side of it, it taught me how to study. And it also showed me things I'm good at and things I need to apply myself more. Mm. So, for example, I did better in more theory type of classes. I struggled a bit with costing and some of these other things. But it definitely helped me. And when I say that some things definitely in life happen for you, yeah. um, there was a point things at home were so hard that I had to pull out of school full-time, get a job to pay my way through my school. Yeah. So I always 
imagine, for example, had I been at the university, would I have had to drop out completely? Mm. So the the gift of accounting is you can be half an accountant. You could you start know? and stop. With certain things, it's just like, no, but I was in this for two years. Like, you know, like degree programs are slightly... Yeah, you, you commit, you have to finish. You have to finish. They're not as flexible. Exactly. Yeah. It, there's nothing like, oh, but I did two years. Mm, it really mm. lowers your chances. So the benefit of like having had at least a certain level of... Um, my accounting qualifications, it allowed me to work. Mm -hmm. So I worked fairly early um, than most of like my friends and stuff like that. So for me, what that did for me is exposed me to a work environment quite quickly. Mm -hmm. It also helped me to grow, Mm -hmm. right? And it slowed down how quickly I was able to go through my education because working and studying is such a difficult balancing act, but it also made me grow up. Mm. I remember working in the light industrial area. After work 17 hours, I would get a bus. I would go to Millennium, Mm -hmm. drop off, walk to college. 18 hours um, class would be like 17.45 till about maybe 19.45. And then you're leaving town the time the marketeers are wrapping up their fruit and veg. And then the buses are not even in the station. They've moved by that building. You know, and that, those walks every night for me were like, I can't, I'm doing this for a reason. I grew up. Paying for your own school fees, Mm -hmm. I knew the value of a kwacha. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll go paper by paper. And I will not fail because I know where this money is coming from. Like what I'm going through in the office to make sure that I have this much money to make sure that the school fees are paid or I'm helping my parents supplement towards something. So that really grew me. Mm -hmm. And when I had the opportunity to go back into school full time Mm -hmm. and things got better for us as a family, I was a focused student. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you guys not in class? You know, you're that, <laughs> yes, you're that yeah, mature. Yeah, mature. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember being one of the younger people in my class because yeah. these people, their families, there's pregnant women, there's moms and dads, and you're a young working professional. And you see the dedication and the passion that mm-hmm. these people have. And it made me really appreciate like what parents go through to put you through school. Mm-hmm. But also that made me a very mature student. When I came back full time, yeah. I was you not were playing not playing around. I'm just like, yo, me, I'm here to get my papers done. And, you know, I'm yeah. not trying to be like, oh. And our college was in town. So you find that now if people want to go into the boutiques to be looking at the yeah. new clothes. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I'm not here for, for <laughs> the latest trends. Time. Yeah. yeah. So that really helped me grow up um, in terms of learning how to study and also like learning how to like figure out working and studying. Mm-hmm. Then on the other hand, some of the blessings... Um, and I have no regrets, right, about yeah. choosing the career that I chose. It really has all worked out for me. So um, I also like um, that I did work in accounting for a while. Then I got into audit. And yeah. I really love the structure that it gives you, the professionalism that mm-hmm. it teaches you. And... Um, I realized that uh, the job that I did also helps me use a certain part of my brain Mm -hmm. that maybe I didn't use as much, for lack of a better way to put it, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like gaining skills, building a network, learning how to work with diverse groups of people, and Mm -hmm. that has always been like a plus. And my mom would always say, there's no work experience that is not beneficial to to your life. And yeah. for me, being having been an accountant, having been an auditor, makes me a better creative. In the businesses that I run myself, it makes me more accountable. So there's just certain things and structure that that particular life has accorded me to be 
not your typical creative or yeah. not your typical yoga instructor just because of that exposure to systems, to structure and that particular environment. And I'm just really appreciative of that because it really just is like, it, it really has worked out for me. Yeah. I, I cannot say it was like to my detriment. It really worked out for me. And um, I love creatives. I love us, bless our soul. But sometimes... Bless, soul. <laughs> bless your hearts. Sometimes <laughs> there's a way that creatives can be floaty. And for me, having been a creative accountant, there's a bit of anchoring that I had or structure that... I was forced to have. So, for example, in the accounting spaces, I'll be the more quirky accountant. I remember mm. going to some clients and they'll think I'm in marketing because I'll show up. Like, I like fashion. I'll show mm. up with my kakat mm. and my high-waisted pants. Mm. And, you know, not that not that people in the profession dress frumpy, but I was not your typical I'm in a suit. It's like, yeah. you know, that cute blouse with that cute yeah. skirt. The heels need to be speaking to the blouse. And you're probably just bubbly. <laughs> like, you're walking and in that, with a big smile. Probably. Probably you know, bubbly. I'm trying to think of all the accountants I know and if they walk in with yeah, big so smiles. People always assume, like, oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, with the yeah with the yeah with the auditors, you know, and yeah. then in the creative circles, I think I was the creative, but a bit more, a bit more, not as, you know, I, well, you know what I mean. Yes. I was a bit yeah. more. We'll find the English yeah. for that. Yeah. So I think it was like a really good balance for mm. me. So yeah, that really is it. But I have no regrets about the the thing that I went on to study and yeah. the way my career started out. It's been really to my benefits. I love it. Yeah. And then, um, I guess being being the friend that you know, I I have this I have this with a lot of people, not just friends, mm -hmm. even just like uh, clients, strangers. Is I I get to have like a front view of mm -hmm. people's careers, mm -hmm. and as much as I've had like I think with yours, I've I've probably been there from like you don't know this, but you got me my first job indirectly. Did I? Yes, through my sister. Like oh. You got me my first job. You got me what? my very first job. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> my very first job what? was through you. Oh, nice. Yes. Look at me. <laughs> whispering, talent whispering look without even you. trying. Yeah, my very um, first job was through you. Nice. I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, going, to, I'm going to remember. We're going to chat about that some more later. But like, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so what I was, I even lost oh, my train sorry, of thought. Oh, sorry, look at me. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I wanted to ask was, I was there when you started to pivot and you were having all these questions oh, yeah. and you had angst about like, moving <laughs> from an accountant to like um, a marketing, a more marketing role. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember you just getting to a point where you knew you had to make the change. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I get to talk to people who want to make the change sometimes a little too late mm -hmm. with, with a lot of responsibilities and they may have to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. They may have to, you know, take a pay cut. So mm -hmm. you, you kind of made that pivot at the right time, right mm -hmm. place, right mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, when you look, when you look at that time, what was, what was your decision making process like, okay. you right. know, and. Mm -hmm. How were you just brave enough? Because you went through the most <laughs> to get this qualification. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, being a chartered accountant also awards you a certain, you know. When you introduce yourself. When you introduce yourself, you know, you, <laughs> you walk guy. different, you brag different, right? And then yeah. now going into marketing and mm -hmm. more entry-level marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it feels like starting again. Yeah. What was that decision-making like? Okay. Um, and, and, and why did you just, like, go for it? Uh, it wasn't easy. 
Mm. It was not easy. So for me, there was a pivotal moment that I was like, this is not the path I want to be on. So for me, that moment was getting promoted. I was getting more money. Mm-hmm. And instead of exciting me, it mm. scared me. Mm. And I was like, so it's possible to keep, like, I'm doing enough to even be like, okay, let's move you <laughs> they up. Keep, they keep, why, why do they yeah, keep promoting yeah. me? So for me, I got scared. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they talk about that thing of um, success. You have to make sure you're going up the correct ladder. Yeah. And for me, it was in that moment, I was like, mm. I'm up, going up the wrong ladder. Yeah. This is not what I want to be doing for work. And in that moment, I had been having these thoughts and angst about it. I really was like, "Mm -mm. the person that I am, I'm not a risk taker. That I will tell you. I am very, I love security. I need to know where my next paycheck is coming. I don't do like, mm-hmm. uh, no, 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 that is not for me. Yeah. So you I don't planned. live on vibes. I don't live on vibes. Mm. So I planned, I had an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I'm a firm believer in let your current thing pay for your next thing. Mm. So as I was having those thoughts, I started to structure myself to say, how much money do I need to put away as I am working to help me get to the next thing? And the marketing thing kind of just sort of happened mm. because initially I always say like what I did was very bold because it would be something you I think you'd be watching in some movie based in New York City this girl Mm. decides to leave this fancy job and become a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. because like first of all it wasn't even like I went from doing my work um in audit to then moving to there was a period of yeah because it was it wasn't as smooth but the way that life is or the way that turnaround happens it feels like oh and then you just sometimes it looks like oh i got lucky but Mm. i went through it right so at the time the plan was to become a yoga instructor yeah and the plan was to work in media and do content creation and that was how i was going to live so i went to study um yoga and I was blessed enough to find someone doing it locally because I've been looking everything was South Africa, Bali and then the money is like looking like pension. (laughs) It wasn't nothing, right? And um, I talked to someone, I was paying slowly towards the qualification and doing that and that type of thing. And so when that happened, um, when I was like, okay, now I'm going to make the move. I was already working on radio part-time whilst working um, in my very professional job. So I was like, okay, the part-time things are now going to pivot to become more full-time. And that happened. And and for me, the reason I did what I did at the time was the window was perfect. And mm-hmm. I understand that like, there has to be a window. At the time, I had the luxury of still living with my parents who provided shelter, food, a car. Like I was mm. like, I was not worrying about these things. So yeah. I'm able to save the money I'm getting to fund the next thing. I was also in a position where I had no kids. I still don't have kids. Like I was not worried. Like I could mm-hmm. disrupt my life so yeah. much. No one's school fees will be yeah. um will be thrown out. My half of contributing to a home won't be mm-hmm. shaking the balance. So it was the perfect time for me. And I really understood this because as I come out and now is the time. Mm. You're single, you have no kids, you're young enough to try. And for me, what was killing me was no, like, I was like, so you never even just try, just yeah. try. Yeah. That, I didn't want to have that in my head that I never tried and went for it. Yeah. So losing income is real. Mm-hmm. I went from X amount to earning 10% of what I used to get. 
And that was a significant drop. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this is the season. This is what I have to do to do what I want, right? Mm -hmm. So it might look rosy, but I was like getting very little money. Mm -hmm. I remember there's a time my dad was like, like, oh, He's like, oh, that's what you get, like, per week. I was like, no, the whole month. My dad was like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> eh? He was just like, eh? You know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think that also made my family be like, okay, this girl is serious. Yeah. She's like, about it. Because it wasn't also convincing myself. Mm. It was convincing my parents. Because everyone is like, you've thrown away your ACCA. I haven't. I really also had to reach that point to let go of the ego. In, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. then I'll just be introducing myself as Kamota. Where do you work? Yeah. Eh? No uh, one really knows the uh, organization yeah, yeah. or your business is just starting. I'm so hustling. I'm this hustling, and that. This and that, you know. Mm. So it was one of those things of really also getting to that point to say that, you know what, it's fine. Titles, fancy organizations, money, mm. I will forgo now. And it was really on faith. It was on faith mm -hmm. because there was even no sign. Like, like the way that marketing and the job that I have happened was really all these small sacrifices that added up to get me where I am today. But mm. at the time, it was just a risk. Yeah. It was just a risk with yeah. no... I couldn't see it. But I just had conviction in my mm. heart to say, this is what you need to do. And so... I remember having a next conversation with you. We have plans and God laughs. Mm. The plan was to teach yoga and I'm going to be like, you yeah. know, the expat community. Yeah. I'll just be <laughs> racking in them yoga bucks. Yeah. COVID happens. And I'm oh, like, man. what do you mean we can't interact? We can't, Gyms are closing. Yeah. And I'm like, the thing that mm. I left work to do can't happen in this environment. And it was still early days of COVID, no vaccines. Mm -hmm. We were nervous about touching countertops. Yes. We were, we didn't know. And you were particularly and I nervous. was particularly yeah. like, <laughs> you know, so I'm just like, okay, there goes that stream of income yeah. I was banking on. And that also was like a very challenging time. But then going back to like just having faith and why I always feel like what I studied would never be a bad thing. I remember having this conversation with mm. you. An opportunity came back mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, come and work in accounting. And I was like, I didn't leave there, this to go back. And I'm yeah. like, will I look like a sellout? Because there's also those things of, I'm an like entrepreneur. Exactly. <laughs> these people, yeah, you're building someone else's dream. <laughs> Guys, let, let us all just respect each other. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. Yeah. We don't need to compete. Yeah. My journey doesn't need to make sense for you. But at the time, I was conflicted. I'm like, mm. and then me, I should go back. I'll be a sellout. I'll be a sellout. Yeah. You like, go commercial. Hey, we'll go commercial. <laughs> and I was so conflicted. Yeah. And I remember having this conversation with you. And I really, like, appreciate the advice that you gave me. You're like, you know what, Kamota, money is a real issue. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling, no one is feeling it but you. You want to just stay on the hill and just be like, me, I'm doing I'll my own thing. Hill. Right? Mm. And... That moment, what I realized is like, um, there was this quote I'd been looking at about um, use what God gave you. And in that moment for me, I was like, come on, the thing God gave you is this accounting qualification. Yeah. Go and do debit and credit. And I went. I said, don't yeah. even be proud about it. Yeah. I went and I did it to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. I went and I did it with my full heart and with everything I have. And I went back yeah. without shame. Without I said, I'm not going to shame myself for having a real need to have some financial stability. Yeah. And so I did go back. And for me, the blessing is that if I had no qualification, I'll just be there. Mm. CMP. <laughs> 
<laughs> like nothing, bookie. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I had a qualification and mm. I used it. I had skills. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we get these fancy degrees and these educations and these papers is for them to work to our benefit. Word. So for me, I will always say, if you ever find me working again in this particular industry, if there's a real need, I will do it. Yeah. Because seasons and timing of life are different. And had I not made that decision, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have got me the job I have today. So I worked in that organization and I was doing accounting and I also took it because I was like, okay, let me go back to the other side. It's slightly different. And yeah. And the way that life is, something opens up in marketing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, teacher me. I raised my hand. I said, I can. I can. And because it's stuff that I have done on the side, it's like even in my previous role, there's things that I would dabble in that were more creative, Mm -hmm. that were less like... um, related to what I studied, I did actually have skill sets because there's actually a period in my life before I went um, into like corporate full time. I was making my own money, working as a writer, doing content creation. That paid the bills. I was remote working in 2014, working like with people. I remember that. Yeah, like it was something. She's just on the computer. And you know, I was there like, you know, (laughs) churning out content, sending it to someone in Cape Town to review. So I was like, I have actual, actually got skills that I can show and present to say, try me for this. Mm -hmm. Give me a try. And so that is how I found myself for the first time officially pivoting within a structure, within an organization, Mm -hmm. into work that aligned to stuff I'm passionate about. So really, that's how it now came full circle. circle. But there was loss of income. There was doubt. There was insecurities. And it it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. It yeah, was worth it. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I love that story. I forgot so many aspects mm. of it. Mm. Yeah. And um <clears throat> so now, like I know you actively um teach yoga. Mm-hmm. You're now working in business development. Mm-hmm. You still have your ACCA <laughs> um and you still write. You you're still writing not and as content much as, creating. Yeah, not as much as I would yeah. like, but content creation, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you reconcile these different parts of your career Mm. you know how do they you know what do you instinctively lead with when you meet someone Mm. because you know like everywhere you go the first question dinner party church like Mm. no matter where you go people will always ask you so what do you do like what's your gut like (laughs) you know response to what do you do so when it comes to what do you do, um, because I do a lot, I think sometimes it can be overwhelming or confusing. Mm. Depending on the circle I'm in, I would lead with one thing and eventually the other thing would definitely come up. So for example, um, I would say that I am a business development manager, a yoga instructor. Those two things, I think, sum it up because it can be quite long. And I've also had people judge, like, mm-hmm. it gives, like, okay, but what do you do? Yeah. You're doing yeah. all the things, yeah. right? You're doing all the things. So really, for me, I lead with one or the other, depending on the space that I'm in, because it's a long story. Yeah. It's quite a long story. Um, and not to sound like such a chakra hun, but I really don't define myself by my roles. And for me, like, when I explain to you um, pivoting from working in a really fancy organization Mm -hmm. and just becoming just Kamota. Mm -hmm. Um, So many things or experiences in my life have 
had to make me be so confident in just being Kamota is enough. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't matter how much I'm making or not making, where I'm working or not making. At the end of the day, I am me. I am the love I give to people, the love mm. I give to myself. And all these things are just lifely, worldly things. Like, yeah. they, they matter, but really, to what end? So I don't get too caught up in titles. What I do is what I do. It's not who I am. So for me, really, yeah. that's that's like a core value of mine, to not get caught up in titles and where I work. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love that. Like, your identity not being rooted in a title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not the easiest thing, mm-hmm. especially when you get a title. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as someone who started out, like, super entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn that pretty early that my identity is not rooted in a title. Mm -hmm. But later in life, when I started to have titles, Mm. um, it it, it kind of becomes harder. And you've had some very nice titles, might I add. Yes. So it becomes harder to leave titles. But like, I think because I've been there before, Mm. where I've had no title, Mm. it's easier for me to leave a title. (laughs) But I also want to acknowledge the hard work that comes with like mm. letting go of a title because there's a certain air mm-hmm. of importance mm-hmm. that you give. I think it's not even about other people. It's about the air of importance that it gives you. You just, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh-huh. and like with, 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 you know, I, I feel like this goes into the next question nicely. Like how have you had to deal with, like what's your method or how do you deal with the Abanabo like brigade, you know, <laughs> because, um, being someone who's also just like done a lot of things, mm-hmm. there is always that aspect of people are like, "What are Correct. you doing now?" Like, yeah, people are judging, like, yeah, 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 back, yeah, you're back, gone back. Yes. or yeah, here uh, now. What is this now? <laughs> Yoga, like. So, how have you come to silence? Yeah, the Abanabo Brigade, mm-hmm. like I like to call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in set, certain parts of my life, I don't explain myself anymore. Honestly, mm-hmm. certain parts, like the people who matter, know and understand. I don't owe it to a random person on the street to explain how and why and where I am. And also because I've reached a point where there's a certain comfort level. Like I know my story. It may seem scattered, but like if you are listening, as I explained, mm. it weaves together nicely. Comes, it it does, really it comes does. together nicely. In a so, lovely tapestry. <laughs> in a lovely tapestry. It does. So for me, life is a journey, right? And um, Steve Jobs says the dots connect. Connecting the dots. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it might just be looking, uh, but for me, it makes it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. there'll always be naysayers, there'll always be people who judge. But one thing that I try to always um, allow myself is seasons and timing. Mm. And when I look back to every sector, sorry, Mm -hmm. every section of my life, it's been seasons and timing. Mm. There was a season for Kamota to be that person who's just on Instagram. This is my work, I post, I what, I'm writing. Then there was a season where I'm like, look, I'm looking at financial statements, I'm auditing. There was a season where I'm now in like media, there's a season. But these seasons all build to like the culmination of what it is that I'm here on earth to do. So you have to allow yourself the grace to go through the season. Because mm. if you force, I feel like it doesn't go well. Mm. If you're still holding on to like, imagine if I was still holding on to things that I was doing 10, 15 years ago, yeah. whatever, it wouldn't make sense. So yeah. I've really also just allowed myself to flow through the seasons of my life with faith that where I am right now is where I is need exactly to be. exactly yeah. where I'm supposed that to be. That is how I feel about it. Okay. Yeah. 
So Kamota, what what would you say is your gift? Mm. Um, the place where all these parts of you meet. Mm. My gift. Mm -hmm. hmm. I think I have gifts, but I yeah, think gifts, <laughs> gifts, gifts. I think I have gifts, but yeah. the core. Something that I get a lot, and I think I'll speak on what people tell me. Mm, um, that. Something that I get a lot, and mm. I think, okay, there's something there. I get complimented so often about how I make people feel. And for me, I'm like, that is such a nice thing to say. Because there's times that I'm just like, you know what? I was a shitty person there. Like, mm. you know, and we all have to, my days where, like, mm -hmm. I wasn't being my higher self, yeah. you know. But I get a lot of people telling me that I have a certain energy that I bring to a space and a room, and I make people feel, um, like, I make people feel seen. Someone mm -hmm. once told me I make people feel seen. And so if I have a gift, I think my gift is connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I give people audience and chance. I don't choose. As a person, I don't choose. For mm -hmm. me, I accord everybody their due respect and attention. I don't care who you are, what your mm -hmm. background is. I will give you space and room. So for me, I think that is a gift and a blessing to just really um, embrace people. Yeah. Um, and from myself, I'd say that my gift is storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing this exercise of like, if you had to have a mission statement for your life, what would your life be um, and for me I'm on earth really to teach to inspire um, and to heal people mm -hmm. through movement with yoga I really feel that allows me to do that and through writing and mm -hmm. speaking so I really feel that would be my gift it's in storytelling and connecting connecting yeah. I think so yeah okay mm -hmm. uh, before we go let me plug you sis so you teach yoga <laughs> yes at I the teach. quorum yes I do. Uh, Wednesday and Monday, Monday and Wednesday, Wednesday. 5.30 p.m. Yeah. Don't yeah. say I didn't hook you up. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you yeah. for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Uh -huh. well, money, you know? I like, you, you know how I respect, I respect money. Um, uh -huh. But I also want to add on to your gifts. Mm. You know, one of my favorite things about you mm. and our friendship is depth. Like, as much as we connect, you're just deep. Like, I love that our conversations can literally go from um, talking about, I don't know, hip-hop, hip -hop, Kendrick, <laughs> and Jay-Z, to just, like, the deepest conversation mm. and just, like, that space for uh, vulnerability. Mm. 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 I think that's one of your gifts is that you're not, you're not shallow. Thank you. Like, you're deep. Like, no, mat you, no matter what, you just go there. Mm. Um, and I think the thing that you say, I want to validate what you said, what people say about you. Mm. When you say that you don't judge, that's so true. Oh, you. Like, um, <laughs> you know, um, our friend Funi and I are always constantly rolling our eyes at you because you just assume <laughs> the best about everyone and every situation. Even when it's the most obvious thing that someone's like being a shitty human being, you justify it by saying, yeah, maybe it's because they, and we're like, Psh, no. no. <laughs> So I think I, I, I just want to validate Thank that, you. like, not only can you connect, you're just deep. <laughs> and I think in a world where it's easy to be shallow, the easy thing is to speak, mm. like, to, to just, like, stay on the surface, mm. to not go anywhere in our friendships, to not be honest enough mm. with what we're struggling with, our vulnerabilities, you know. You just allow, you know. Mm. You allow for the terrible conversations you also allow for like the wins hmm. 
And you're also not envious or like jealous. Thank you, you can, <laughs> I'll have the biggest win, I can tell you, and you stay like <laughs> amazing. So, Thank you. so yeah, I think you really do have a gift of connection and Thank a gift you. of depth. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you too. Like, you're one of the people in my life. Like, now we're making it those moments. Yeah. <laughs> you're one of the people in my life. I can tell Chipo anything. Like, anything. With other people, the conversation mm. would be like, that got weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I we go, We go, we go there. there. We go there. There, there where we can't <laughs> even share because our parents will watch this we episode. We go there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is like, it's really nice yeah. to have people who are a safe space like that. Yeah. So I appreciate it. That's the word. Safe, safe space. space. You create a safe space. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you know, I always tease you about being a chakra hun. I think um, you're just very spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. everything for you, like it's connected. You're always like, if you could, you'd probably like live on a commune um, in a floaty dress, you know, some, some utopia, some like utopia, this. like, um, so what really are your spiritual beliefs? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, what, what role has spirituality played in getting you to where you are today? Okay, so first I would just like to say how um, I'm so grateful to God for my life. Mm. Like seriously, I am so, so grateful to God for my life. I love myself. I like my life. And I, I wake up every morning and there's things I always say thank you to God for. I'm so great. I say thank you, God, for my life. I say thank you, God, for my partner, my husband. I'm thankful to God for my family, my friends, and my work. I Those things never miss. Mm-hmm. Because for me, there's been moments in my life where I'm just like, mm, palia, nile safi. <laughs> nile safi, where is it? Yeah. It was but, tough. <laughs> I was like, it's just God. Yeah. So for me, I really have so many moments in my life where I'm mm. just like, you can't tell me that it's not God. And I'm so appreciative of the ways that God has shown himself in my life to me, for me. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to like my spirituality, I think I'm in a space where I'm more spiritual than religious. Mm-hmm. I was raised in um, a Christian home. UCZ, my mom's an elder. Nibana KBBK, Mamuya, like we are Shout out to Nibana KBBK. Three UCZ clubs. Like, you know, that is who we are as a family. And so that grounding also just being grounded in something bigger than you is important, right? And so for me, God has. I've always felt the presence of God in my life to be like, okay, there's things where I'm just like that inner knowing where I'm just like, Mm-mm, I need to pivot. This is, I felt like that was also God speaking to me of like, mm. do this. And I remember having the conversation with God. I was like, can't you see I've been promoted? Can't you see the money is looking how I want it to look? And this God is, is what like, we work for. This is what we work for. And like, it's those moments in my life where I'm like, there's a certain amount of inner knowing, there's divine guidance on certain things to do, certain things to forego. And so when it comes to where I am spiritually, um, it's a bit difficult to say. I think I'm figuring out um, a new relationship with God, if mm. I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um re-understanding what God is to me in my life. Um, And I think COVID might have forced a lot of us to re-analyze 
churches mm -hmm. or wherever we go for worship because we were worshiping away from each other. There was less uh, communal mm -hmm. type of get the yeah. congregation aspect of it had sort of dwindled. So with me, do I believe in God? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And God has definitely been a constant presence in my life, mm -hmm. guiding me, keeping me, protecting me, and just showering me with abundance and opportunities and blessings. Mm. Um, and I think I'm on a very, um, I'm exploring, I'm learning in terms of like my spiritual journey. That's where I am as a person. Yeah. But definitely you cannot tell me that God does not exist. Yeah. For me personally, my life is proof that there really is a God and I'm so grateful. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so this this question is going to come out a little weird but okay. like yeah <laughs> should I, I take a big sip take take a sip <laughs> um do you do you think you're special yes love it <laughs> yeah because it's like i didn't want to come out like do you think you're, do you think you're special yes do so, you, so special you're so, <laughs> so special ah yes so special i love it hmm? so what has the journey been like uh -huh. to getting to that i i love your surety yeah. so what has the journey been like to get into that place where you're like i I'm am special. special yeah um and what do you believe makes you special special mm. you know what okay. has been the journey to accepting that, that I'm damn special. i'm special um i i think i've always believed i'm special at a point maybe it changed a little bit right mm -hmm. so in terms of like what makes me special it's it's many things right and i really believe that um we're, we're all so unique, right? As like, no one will be you, regardless of whether they studied the same thing as you. They like, there's just little things about like your environment, your genetics, your experiences that will make you special, right? Yeah. And for me, I think I learned I was special young, then I lost it. And I think mm. children are, children come into those world thinking yeah. that indeed every, they're every like child, me, every me. two, three year old, yeah, right? walk around the world. Like, like I own yeah. this place, right? Yeah, like they're special. Yeah. So for me, Love I it. think I, I, that childishness or naivete yeah. kids have of like, oh, I'm, I'm like so special. And mm -hmm. um, if you're blessed and you grew up in a home where there's love and stuff like that. Someone told me something. My husband actually recently told me. He's like, when I met you, you have energy of a person who you can see they come from a home where they are loved mm. and I can't lie I come from a home where there's love like mm -hmm. my siblings and I we love each other my parents love me and so that is also a confidence that you mm. have in your step right mm -hmm. you step out into the world with the arm at of home love. they love at me home, yeah, to my place yeah <laughs> they yeah. love me yeah. so that also helps right and for me my mother I love my mother my mother is the reason I believe I love your mother God. like God's love and the mother's love mm -hmm. That, like, mothers are awesome. God bless mothers. Yeah. My mother has always been an affirmation to me. Mm. Like, you know, and I remember, like, well, this is a bit of a di digression. No, let's digress. Yeah. Let's digress. Um, you know when you're dark in Zambian families, they'll be like, I can't feed dark. You know, that type of thing. So you're just like the dark sister or the dark one and stuff like that. You know, they but should act like that they is, stop. it's the worst. They should yes. stop. They really should stop. So like another mom, podcast, another day. But another, my mom has always been that person who like, just would be like, you know, you're beautiful and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I actually have this moment, like, in my memory when I remember my mother, like, just saying, like, no. There's a time I failed my ACCA really mm. badly. 
and I cried. You know, Chimpo, mm. like I had relatives calling me like to check, like is Kamota okay? Things were not okay. I cried and I was crying so badly in my mom's lap and I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I've tried and mm. for me, I was in pain. I hope I don't get emotional. I don't want to be the first one so to cry on let's, the podcast. Let's cry. Let's was, do it. I was so <laughs> emotional. Like, you know, pain. Yeah. I was in pain. Like, mommy, like mm. it was an exam where, you know, you've, Fought, you've scrambled to find every pound and then you fail. I was shattered. Mm. I was crying and I was saying I'm a failure the way my mother changed. I did not give birth to a failure. Come on, tell you. Like, my mother spoke life into me. She just refused. Like, you can't tell me, Amen. me, my child. Uh, I'm getting emotional. Oh. And my mom was just like, yeah, come but... on, <laughs> my mom was like, no. My child, yeah. me, the child yeah. I birthed, my mom was just like, <laughs> thank you. My mom was just like, no, mm-hmm. no. And it's those things that make you feel like someone sees me yeah. like this. My mother would not count me out. She refused. I was like, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm tired. You know, as in, it was shouting at you with love. Like, mm. you are not those things. She mm-hmm. like, you know that rebuking, like mm. this, like mm-hmm. you are my child, you mm-hmm. are, you can do it. Like, mm. we are not failing here. Like, you mm. might be down, but you're not out. And mm. so those type of things, for me, that's who my mother is in my life. She's like, she's like an affirmation. Or yeah. She she affirms me in like my dark beauty, my tallness. My mm. mom was always those people like, you know, like you'd be like teased for being too skinny or too yeah, tall. Yeah. And my mom was like, <laughs> You know, she's just yeah. like, you know, I don't sit like I'm tall yeah. and I'm like sit up, sit yeah. confident. Yeah. You know, you're dark, you're beautiful, yeah, Let you me know. Sit up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's those things <laughs> that also just reinforce like your specialness. Yeah. Even sometimes I think even when you're older, you need to be reminded of that. And so now going back to like, oh, I'm special. Um it's, I think, also because of the environment. I think my mom... I just have always felt seen by my mom. More than not. Yeah. I've felt seen. That's amazing. Yeah. And then in terms of other things, I generally am special because if there are 10 people and they're picking five, I'm one of the five. More often yes. than not in life. Honest to God. You 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 get picked. <laughs> I get picked. You, you, you got picked to meet Beyonce. I mean... You know, every day I'm... <laughs> Every day, I like that for me. The fact that you've met Beyonce <laughs> on bad days, I'm like, come on, you yes, met Beyonce. That, even Get over even it. I, I also Get tap into it. that. I'm just like, you know what? Come on, I met Beyonce. I met Beyonce, and yes. she said I'm beautiful. So listen, I you mean, are, you are special. You know what? That question was not even. We should have started with you met Beyonce. She said you're beautiful. Stop. The, right? Why are we asking? Yeah. So yeah. on specialness, it's just been like my ability to reach things that. Me, I'm living my wildest dreams, honestly. Mm. Like, mm. if you told me, like, I, I'm a Zambian woman, I work a job I like, mm-hmm. I teach yoga in Zambia. There's mm-hmm. a time I wanted to be a yoga teacher, and I was like, where do you start? Mm. In Zambia. I was like, this can only happen. Maybe I need to go to Cape Town. But yeah. like, for me, things have happened to me where I am. 
So I don't need to be in America for my dream life to happen. Yeah. My dream life will be wherever it is that I am. Gosh. I have made I have made money Goosebumps. writing. I have yeah. made money teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. I have made money posting stuff on Instagram. And mm-hmm. that is my life and my story. And I'm so blessed and grateful for it. So I must be special. Clearly. Oh, girl, you are. <laughs> Clearly. There's yeah. like, like, I've Lucia, then some things have come, mm-hmm. you know? I Some things really have come. So in terms of like the specialness, yeah. um, even the whole, the way I met Beyonce just does make you feel special. And it's been in different ways where I've tried things and things have worked out. And it's not special just because I'm special. I also have qualities and gifts that mm-hmm. I use to help me get the things that I aspire for. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of like specialness for me, I remember um, in 2017, um, we we came together as a group of people. We were associates then. Now we're friends and we were business partners. Mm. And we decided to shoot a wild shot for the Tony Elumelu Entrepreneurship Foundation. Yeah, I remember that. We sat in the lobby of a hotel writing and we're like, come on, you're the best profile for us to use to go forward. Let's create, let's craft this. And in the time that we did that, I'm a storyteller. We were able to put together on paper, a business that was just in our heads, an idea. We strung up the words, we put it together. So I'm a storyteller. I can articulate things fairly well. Yeah. And in the year that we applied to TEF, there were 93,000 people Chipo, who applied mm-hmm. from 54 countries in Africa, from mm-hmm. 30 sectors. There were 1,000 people selected. From me, I was yeah. within the 1,000. Yeah. You cannot tell yeah. me I'm not special. Yeah, special. And there's been so many instances in my life that reaffirm that, Kamota, you have a gift. I have short shots to publications, and I might not have got selected, but they gave me constructive feedback. Yes. Someone from the New York Times to be like, this is a good article, but right now, this is not what we're looking for. Nice. So I always have found that I am special. I have a gift, and I'm not just special because, oh, no, I'm pretty, mm-hmm. or no, because mm. we had the rough patch in life, and mm. now this is my come-up story. No, no, no. I am special because I have gifts and talents that I hone, that I craft, that I work on, and that allow me to stand out. It's not by chance. Like, it's actually something. So that is really, I am special. Yeah. So that you can't drop this mic. Because <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The team will be like, <laughs> like really? why? Don't drop don't the drop. mic. That's okay, not, but... it's not, it is, it's not a Netflix special. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Mm. But, so, yeah. man, like, you've given me so many chills already. Oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, so two things that have come out of that is that one of the things I've noticed is you always shoot your shot. It's me. You are a <laughs> shot shooter. No shame, no shame. Like everything, like you always shoot your shot. And out of those, you get something back. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like you said, it's not just that things just, like yes, they're gifts, they're talents, mm-hmm. but you also put in an effort. Mm-hmm. Now, my second question out of that is, do you think everyone has that? Mm-hmm. Or do you think they are chosen ones? Everyone is special. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that no one is like, like we're just like some, like, oh, the special ones, they're only these and mm-hmm. then there's those. Yeah. You cannot tell me that people are not special. And I'll go back to when I was telling you, I stopped believing in my specialness, right? So I think a lot of us forget. Mm-hmm. Life happens to us. Things Each life be life And yeah, for me, there was a point in my life I stopped dreaming. I was reclined like, Leah Saif, this is your plan for me. This is as good as it gets, so be it. I'm done trying and failing. Mm-hmm. And too many of us 
reach that point and forget everyone is special yeah. and it doesn't have to be big things that make people special it's small little things that it's like you know there's a way that she like when you greet her there's a way that you know it's small little yeah. things and behind that there's maybe something bigger about how you embrace people how you talk to people and it's really just learning what makes you special and not shying away from it because we're also in a society that sometimes kills people special mm -hmm. it's that type of thing um because like for me this poor just like probably like she's always applying for things but like yeah. you know i don't win everything mm -hmm. but i will try mm -hmm. so i think um it's about blocking naysayers to specialness because mm -hmm. sometimes people are just like eh, alilandi kisha and yeah. maybe that's your gift, right? Or like maybe you're more of an observer, you're introverted and it takes you a while, like Ali Shishita. So mm. we we start to label people. Yeah. And it starts and then you shrinking. start to discount yourself. Yes. You start to shrink yes. and discount yourself. You know? Yeah. So it's those type of things. I really do think everybody is special in different avenues. Mm -hmm. Because um like from like my religious beliefs, like we are made in God's image and we live Amen. in such a beautiful world. Like there's times that I look at the sunset and I'm like, wow, wonderful. This, <laughs> this is just wonderful. wonderful you know? <laughs> and then I'm like, and then God made us in his image. And like, there's no way. Cause like trees, even just when you look at a tree, a tree is amazing. Like the things that it does, the oxygen, the yeah. photosynthesis, it believes that's special that's and special. each of us have something like you can't tell me god just made like yeah. this one vanilla <laughs> nothing yeah. just go you know out. when you put it that no. way even just the fact that like when you talked about photosynthesis i just thought about all the things happening in my body right? and in your body right, right? now and yeah. we're still here yeah. like if that isn't special. special if that isn't special mm -hmm. we're all special it doesn't yeah. have to be like in and some of us are special in less obvious ways, Yeah. right? I think, like, for example, if you look at athletes, it's so obvious where they're special. Yes. But some of us, our specialness is not as obvious. You'd never know what I can write if you've never read my work. Mm -hmm. So our specialness is in different avenues, mm -hmm. and we just need to embrace it as an individual and also see a good thing in someone and encourage it. Not See a good thing yeah. and encourage and it. And encourage it. I think that's yeah. really important. And encourage it. Yeah. And especially... Um, young children like mm -hmm. young people i'm really like those people where i'm just like but why would you say that to a kid right yeah and it's at that age there's always like an age where a kid now realizes like okay me, i'm they always being to taught, like you're too loud yeah. why are you always dancing mm. why are you you know so i'm always like you know we need to be more deliberate about the things we do or don't say to young people because sometimes there's that window of where it just changes the entire trajectory this person now just clams up they yeah. don't speak because you know so it's those type of things yeah we need to affirm them like yeah. what your mom did yeah. for you yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and um so it's it's i had i had this question about like you know trauma becoming a roadblock <laughs> did you, you know i have a tissue so. yeah you have a <laughs> tissue right <laughs> well, well, yeah about trauma becoming a roadblock and it sounds like it, it it's there's the there's the words that Obviously, like we just talked about that mm. make, you know, you're young and you hear all these things mm -hmm. and you start to climb up. And then there's trauma. Mm. And I think now after like learning about trauma, after being through therapy myself, you and I have had conversations about this. You mm. realize that <laughs> we probably all have some kind of trauma, you know. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. How much of that do you think is a roadblock to 
to people getting to that point where they feel special, mm. they feel seen, mm. and they and it doesn't have to be that not everybody has to be a celebrity, not mm. everybody has to be a creative, mm. but in your lane, mm-hmm. you you know you you start to live out um, out of that specialness, out of your gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how much do you think trauma is like a roadblock? I I think it's a massive uh, roadblock because. Um, um, trauma could be different things, right? It could be an experience. It could be... It, it's different things, right? And I read a book some time back about all trauma being valid. There's there's no comparison. And someone once told me poverty is traumatic. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? <laughs> that is valid. Like, mm-hmm. so it does, like, there's all type of trauma, mental torture, physical torture, abuse, but trauma is trauma. And mm-hmm. it has the power to really change the trajectory of someone's life, right? So how much is, of it is a roadblock? It remains a roadblock when we're not willing to address it because we constantly start to live from that point of pain or mm. live from that point of being capped. Mm. And for me, there's things in my life that I could say, these are maybe things that hindered me or these mm-hmm. are maybe things that made me shrink myself mm-hmm. and I should have been more embracing and more out there. Mm-hmm. And trauma, it's difficult. It's difficult because I, I personally believe in getting help. Yep. I personally, as someone who's been through therapy, I really believe in getting help. And there are certain things that that help unlocks. And of course, I can't sit here and not say that access to things like mental health support is a privilege of sorts. Um, but there's also ways to be self-aware. And I think self-awareness is an inward journey that we can all take to start to realize, like, okay, but inendasasuka anyhow. Mm-hmm. And then you just start to realize, like, okay, when I'm getting to that point, maybe, like, why is it that every time that mm. someone tells me this, this is like a soft spot? Mm-hmm. And I think usually the way that life is, I truly believe that each of us have a journey towards a certain enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And part of that journey involves that introspection of yeah. asking yourself certain things, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I had a point in my life where abundance was not a concept that I reveled in. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a mental block for me. Yeah, Like, it sometimes felt like, there's those people, then there's EC. Mm-hmm. And when you go through life with that, it also is a hindrance. Mm-hmm. There'll be jobs that you'll see, but they seem like, uh-uh, it's, for, it's those for those people. people. Yeah. There's partners you'll see, and you'll be like, mm, me, mm-hmm. Awe, it's for those people. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I really, really believe there's nothing too good for me. And I believe it with conviction. Amen. There's nothing too good for yeah. me with conviction. And I wouldn't be in this place if I hadn't introspected to be like, why do you want to be those people? Like, like Because like, you were there. Because you were yeah, there. Yeah, you were at a point where you never like, used to think this the things it. were for if you. This, is the, this yeah. is the type of life that's available to me, so be it. And it's it's those things that stop you. So, for example, if that's the mindset you're operating in, you won't apply for certain opportunities, yeah. you won't go to certain places, you won't um, live a certain lifestyle because you're living from a point of being apologetic about it and it's just your block. And, of course, there's so many types of trauma which are all valid that people have that shape the way they move through life. If it's either you're more judgmental of people, you're less trusting, there's all these things that are valid. But really, trauma and our trauma responses are there because mentally we're protecting ourselves. It's what we know, right? But 
I think we need to be intentional about seeking support that helps us remove these blocks because there's so much life to be lived outside of trauma responses or outside of negativity. And there's also ways that I think um, community mm-hmm. acts as therapy mm-hmm. because for me, some of like the inner work that I have done outside of things like therapy is also just conversations. Like there's things that I talk to you about something and I just feel lighter. Yep. And it's also about having the right community and getting yep. the right perspectives space. and aligned values because mm. there's also spaces where people will just be like, ah, you, you want to apply there, Dewenda? Mm. And then next thing you're just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be applying to that master's program because who do I think I am? You know, so I think it's about community. It's about being aware and wanting to actually do better for yourself. It's a want. You need to want it. You need to want it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I, I, I love that. And I think one of the cheapest ways to get through some of these things is just to stop having shallow conversations. <laughs> like both, yeah. yeah. Shallow go, conversations. Go the more the more I grow up, the more they irk me. I'm like, no, let's like, let's address let's them. go there. You let's know? address issues. Okay. So you and I have, you know, been friends for a while. Um we've been figuring out I feel like I met you when I was figuring out adulthood, right? <laughs> um we weren't friends when we were younger. When we were younger no, I was friends with my your older, older sister. sister. Yeah. I feel like I'm friends with so many people in your family. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Just, just give, our me, give me a name. Yeah, just our relative. Give me a name. Yeah. yeah. But you and I have like walked quite the journey together. You know, we've we've laughed, we've cried, we've <laughs> we've had drinks. Drinks, we've danced, we've you know, you just got married yeah. and I was there for that. And like after all this mm-hmm. adulting, mm-hmm. you know, when you look back to seventeen year old Kamota, mm-hmm. um wondering, confused about what she's going to do, uh, be not being accepted in at CBU or UNSA and just, you know, shattered. shattered. Like, what would you, what would you say to her? Hey, 17, me. Ah, there's a lot I'd say to myself. Hey, um, first of all, I would just like to say like, we're doing amazing. We, we did it. We're doing good. We're did doing it, good. <laughs> yeah, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Like, yeah, because um, I'll digress a little bit, right? Like, a lot of some of the things that I'm doing is a bit uncharted, right? Mm-hmm. And like, for example, some of the things that you're doing, our generation, um, a slightly more entrepreneur. Our parents were the generation where they worked more. One or two here and there, mm-hmm. you have friends who their parents were going the entrepreneur route. Yeah. And depending on what you're doing, there was no there was no blueprint. Like, who in your family could you talk to about establishing this amazing talent whisperer? Nobody. Mm-hmm. So some of us, it's really uncharted water. Mm-hmm. There's no yoga instructor in my family. Mm-hmm. There's no person who was an accountant and then did what I'm doing. So a lot of it is like you will be the first, yeah. but you will not be the last. Yep, amen. And something that's so important for me, I love my nieces and nephews, and I'm always telling my sisters um, about some things I do is because I want them to have an example. It's not just about me. I want them to have an example. I want them to understand that you can have an alternative career. Mm. You don't just have to be a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor. Mm-hmm. You can do something different. So there's certain things in my life that I'm so intentional. I'm like, this is just not about me. It's about 
generational things that I'm opening. You can be single, live in a flat by yourself. You don't need to be married to live a certain type of life. Yeah. And I'm like, come to my flat. Let's have a meal together. Mm -hmm. I want you to see that it's possible for a woman to be single, live by herself, and live really well by yeah. herself, right? So I would tell my 17-year-old self to not worry too much, mm -hmm. to choose herself more. There were so many times in my life I didn't choose myself. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I think when you're younger, sometimes there's also like messy bainesses you choose mm. because you don't know how to choose yourself. Or oh, bainesses is relationships. <laughs> oh, we, we, it's, a, yeah. it's a thing it's we're a, a... <laughs> You know, there's this because you don't know how yeah. to choose yourself. Yeah. There's also not standing your ground mm -hmm. because you're like, what are the people going to do or what are they going to think yeah. if me, I go divergent, yeah. right? But of course, I think I would also tell my young self to be patient because there's seasons and timings, right? There's being 17, there's like that decade, then there's your 20s, there's mm -hmm. your 30s, which is the decade I'm in now. And we get to know ourselves more. more. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain amount of self-confidence mm -hmm. that I have that I would never have had at 17. Even and I don't even think tried. I would have expected yeah. it from a 17-year-old. Yeah. But to my 17-year-old self, I would say, I love you, I choose mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. and I have been choosing you so hard so so hard and i am so proud of the person that you are and the woman that you're becoming and i love me so much monty yeah. i love me and not in a vain way i'm just so appreciative of who i am and something that i intentionally have usually in my house i have a picture of myself at two years old and sometimes i just pass that picture and just do like like, girl, hey, I love girl. you. Because, like, I, it's it's also about reparenting yourself and re-loving yeah. yourself and choosing and pivoting different for the person that you were and the dreams that that girl had, that Kamota had. Yeah. I am living part of those dreams. And yeah. there's so much I'm still yet to do. But for me, it's a reminder of, like, Kamota, this person is you. Yeah. And you need to do things that this person will be like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Well done, girl. Well done, girl. So I think it's about constantly choosing yourself and loving yourself so, so hard. Yeah, she would yeah. be proud. Yeah, I think 17-year-old so. Cam would be <laughs> I proud. I think she would be proud. Yeah, she, she, proud. she worried and yeah. she felt like a, like a failure <laughs> yeah. at the time. Something but would like, shock her, but she would be proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did what? We did what? But yeah. she would be really yeah, proud. Be I think proud. I, I, I'm doing her solid. Yeah, solid. you are, I for am. sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're almost at the end. I feel like this has been an amazing conversation. Already? Hey, imagine! <laughs> girl! Already? Because oh. you and I talk for hours, even just like, on the phone, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, how we end this podcast okay. is we honor the interviewer in Chipo. <laughs> and at the end of every interview, I always throw back questions Ooh. to the uh -huh. interviewee. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, Kamota, mm -hmm. do you have any questions for me yeah. before we close? Yeah, I think I have. I didn't think about this like ahead. So anyway, I think that's a good thing. Um, I try not to prepare people yeah. because I don't want like them, them to, to be like, come with, to like, let me just grab yeah, the list. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't want questions that are too hard. So um, <laughs> I, I really have love and admiration from you. And what I'd like to know from you is... And I want people to know because like you have a following and an audience from the podcast is you don't always get it right. Mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. How do you bounce back from like, hee, I got it so wrong. And from like a professional mm. perspective, how from do you bounce back from like, hee, there, mm, I got it so wrong. Um, so I used to be very hard on myself. Mm. 
the simplest mistakes, typo in an email, <laughs> um, or saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. I used to take it very hard at out dwell. Mm-hmm. So it's, it hasn't been the easiest thing to learn how to make mistakes and take them, mm-hmm. right? And also just know that they are mistakes and to separate myself from work. Mm. So that I learned through uh, coaching. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough at one of the organizations that I was to uh, actually get an executive coach at the time who is still my coach. Five years later, he's still my coach. And I, I don't know if he knows this. He watches this. He's not going. We're not for life, you know. <laughs> I hope he knows. But he helped me start to separate me from work mm-hmm. like chipo you're not your work you know what you were saying mm-hmm. about you're not your titles you're not because for me the the emotion that would come with the failure at work was the same emotion that would come like you failed in life mm-hmm. right so he helped me learn how to separate the work and the work will never be perfect mm-hmm. you can always try you can be excellent but you can't you, you can't be perfect mm-hmm. Right. So I learned then that me and my work, as much as there are places where we meet, mm-hmm. I'm not my emails. I'm not my strategy decks. I'm not my getting a higher wrong, mm-hmm. um, you know, messing up for a client. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. That is the work that I do. And there there can be mistakes mm-hmm. and it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how I learned to separate that. Mm-hmm. But how to bounce back? I also then had a boss who was big on feedback. Mm-hmm. And we started to explore feedback models. And what feedback models taught me is that feedback on your work must be based on your work and must be evidence-based. Mm-hmm. Anything that's outside that is a personal attack. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you go outside my work to give me feedback, I'll know that there's something, it's yeah. you. There's something, it's we'll not about you. <laughs> You're just looking for something. And it's an insecurity that yeah. you have. Uh-huh. So now it's easier. Mm-hmm. When you give me feedback and say, um, Chipo, this wasn't well done. Mm-hmm. This, this, this work wasn't well done. You missed this. These numbers are wrong. Mm-hmm. That's easy for me to take. Because I'm like, the numbers are wrong. The person is it's right. Factual. Or if they're typos, this is, you know, I could have done a better job. You missed this and you missed that. It's the work. I don't even take that personal. Mm. Do I, does it irritate me? Yes. Do I get a bit pissed sometimes? Yes. <laughs> but I don't take it personal because I realize that's the work. Mm-hmm. But when someone comes for you, mm. Chipoy, the numbers are wrong because you're lazy. <laughs> I'm even like, no. Oh. Now, yeah, now, now, now this is not objective feedback. Mm. So understanding that feedback mm. about work is mm. that and feedback about your, my personal life can be mm-hmm. separate, you know, and also getting that I'm not my work. I'm worth much more mm-hmm. than that helps me bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. That, so those, that's so that's, yeah. The separation. So the separation. Mm-hmm. But before there was no separation. And I know a lot of people that struggle with a lack of separation. Mm-hmm. I try and give that advice whenever someone mm-hmm. goes through that, mm-hmm. especially when they go through even like disciplinary hearings at mm-hmm. work. And those experiences can be very tough. Mm-hmm. I try and tell people like, this is not the, this is not the end. This was a mistake that was made. Mm-hmm. And yes, you've messed up and you're facing the consequences, but this doesn't sum up your life. Mm-hmm. This is one mistake that you made. 
And it's very important for people to hear that because some people get like people get very devastated. Mm, yes, that's yeah. not the end. The it's end. not the end. Okay. Do yeah. I get another question? You get you normally we do three. Okay, all right. Yeah. So that was the one question. Mm-hmm. It was more work related. Mm-hmm. Um, let me have let me maybe <laughs> a slightly more personal question. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I think people? I know you pretty well, so I'm thinking what would I want people <laughs> to also know about you. Um, what is the one thing that is like your soft spot? Like, ish, like if if someone says that word or does that thing, like you mm. drop everything. Like, what is your? Yeah, is it family? Is it like what is that thing for you? Like, mm. I would drop everything I'm doing to attend to this. What is that thing for you? Um. Mm, that's a really good question. I need to think about that. Yeah, do think about it. <laughs> um, I, think, I think family and friends that are family. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think family and friends that are family, mm-hmm. I, I would do anything for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are very new, like I'm from a very nuclear type of family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trauma bonds. And I think after, like, my father passed away, we kind of just, like, banded together. Because you kind of just naturally you, you band do. together. Yeah. Um, and you become very protective mm. of each other. Um, so my mom, my brother, my sibling, my sisters, my, um, my brother's kids, mm-hmm. you know, there there's no, like, thinking. It's just, like, if there's a need, I... Yeah, like, I'm I do what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And then there are friends who've become family mm-hmm. as well, same. Mm-hmm. Because you, like, like no one does life alone, mm-hmm. right? So even for me, um, I think I'm, I'm what you'd consider like someone who's like a go-getter, someone who's mm-hmm. brave and all this. Mm-hmm. But I've also had moments where I can't show up for myself. Mm-hmm. And it can be because of health, it can be because of, whatever reason and these people have also been there so yeah that's that's my soft spot like sometimes to a fault but yeah um my family and my friends will become my family are definitely my soft spot okay good to know my last question yes what was the last thing that made you really laugh like oh my goodness i i have laughed (laughs) 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 yeah let me see i'm trying to think Sounds like a lot of funny things happen to yeah, you. Yeah, a lot of things. I I laugh. I laugh a lot. I laugh. I laugh with you a lot. So we laugh, we yeah, laugh. I laugh uh-huh. a lot. Um, let's see. When was the last time I really, really laughed? I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> I laugh so much. <laughs> that, that's a good. So thing. I'm. I'm blessed because I laugh thing. so much. I find a lot of things funny. Um, you know what? Come. You can't think of it. I can't, I can't okay. remember. Well, you say you find a lot of things funny. So let's stick to the theme of humor. So yeah. what is like one of your favorite comedies or like shows that you're just like, okay, I'm I'm on the couch. I'm having really good laughs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Modern Family because I've been watching Modern Family That's of late. Funny. I like, I, yeah, Cam and Mitchell, that couple, <laughs> that couple. like <laughs> they, they absolutely kill me. Uh-huh. Um, I also have been watching Girls. Uh, oh, I've been watch, rewatching Girls. I need to, I need to rewatch. Yeah, that yeah, it's on, I, I have it on my hard drive. Oh, I hope good. you are. I've been rewatching Girls, and it's not that it's funny. I just really missed that 
the writing of girls where that is a really yeah, good show it's really well written and i i've gone back now and i'm like this this was <laughs> so cringe but it was such a good show yeah so um but i also i love stand up comedy ah, yeah. yeah i you know i love stand up comedy as well so um i enjoy like the netflix specials because mm-hmm. they've such variety yes. you know it's not just like dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and like chris rock mm-hmm. you get like trevor noah trevor noah and like you also get women yes yes um so i i also love like stand up comedy mm-hmm. because it's something that's like mindless but also thought provoking but also they have like some really deep jokes as well yeah relevant to the yeah. times yeah so i i think i've got a very i think i've got a great sense of humor mm-hmm. i think you do yeah i think <laughs> i've got a great sense of humor yeah. so i I think I am I can be funny but also I enjoy my funny my funny <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that's, I got that's... my three questions. Oh, yeah, those were so. very like uh, good questions. <laughs> Thank you. I try. Yeah, <laughs> I try. So um, yeah. So thanks, Cam. This was this was as amazing as I thought it would be. I knew we would have a great conversations because because we always do. But I also just needed to consciously stop it because I've got questions here I haven't asked you, but I'm like we won't stop talking. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for. Thank you. Thank for you. Uh, being so open. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, you, you got me crying. Yeah, and come the... back. Okay, if, if yeah. that's, a, come if that's back. a possibility, yeah, I'm like, yeah there's more to we'll me. We'll make it so... happen in season four. Okay, I like that. Longevity. Yes, yes, yes. To yes, that. yes. Season yeah. four, catch me. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chipo. I love being here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Alrighty. Okay. <laughs> ah, so, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, for another episode of the Talent Whisperer with our guest Kamota Mayondi Mazombwe, it was such. Um, I hope you can feel it. you can feel how amazing <laughs> that conversation was. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed, please subscribe to this channel, like, and you'll be notified the next time we have a video up. So, cheers! Thank you. I think most of us will relate to the idea of failure, but then still finding a way after that. Thank you for sharing how you pivoted from a career that was seemingly successful, a career that offered prestige, to one where you actually followed your heart. Thank you, Kamota, for sharing, and we hope you come back soon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you like and subscribe so you can get a notification the next time the next one is up. Thank you. Bye.